episode 53 of Comic Book Movie Guy, the podcast. Hi, how are you guys doing? I'm your host, Brennan Huber, and I have a very special guest with me today. I have Mr. Zane. How are you, Zane? I'm great, thanks, Brem. Thanks for having me onto the show. Yes, it's nice to have you back on the show. It's been uh, an interesting month for us. We went and uh, you got me all married up. You were my best man at my wedding. And uh, it's uh, nice to have you on the podcast, uh, see your, your face for the first time uh, since the wedding or so. Yeah, it was a fun uh, couple of weeks there. Hey, Bram, you uh, got all married up there and it was nice. out. Actually, um, it, I thought it was kind of cool. I don't know if you noticed. Well, you, you couldn't have noticed because you were focused on Randy, understandably. Um, but when you were walking down the aisle and you guys were saying your vows and stuff, I don't know if you caught it, but when the guy there was saying the nuptials, like before you guys kissed, a very brief gleam of light obviously came through the clouds and shined on the two of you. Oh, wow. So I just thought that was very cool. I did hear that from a couple of people. That is very cool. Mm. That is a cool little tidbit yep. to the day. Um, God approves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or someone up there approves. Uh, yeah. So, But I, I have you on for another reason today. It's not to talk about my my wedding We've talked enough about the wedding. <laughs> I, I have you on here today to talk about, you know, my shit, my stuff, my comic book movie guy stuff. And that is the glory that is the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but also the DC Cinematic Universe. And we're going to touch on both today, but we're going to start. We're going to start with Marvel. Let's air out your shit today, bro. We're going to air it out. We are going to air out the shit today. And... When I say Marvel Cinematic Universe, I think to myself, what is the Marvel Cinematic Universe right now? Because we were talking before this podcast and we said it's been a dull five years for Marvel since 2018's Endgame. And again, just opinions. But what for you has Marvel been missing for these past five years? Because it's, it's been a dull five years. Like, I agree with that statement. I think it's been missing their poster boys, in my opinion, which made them what they are today. And I got to start that with Captain America and Iron Man. You need something of the like in that original sense back in the fold because there's just we've just been introduced to way too much things lately, or I guess over the last five years. And I agree with what you're saying there about like the last five years, we've just been introduced to an influx of Marvel content too much if you will. And at the same time, it's not enough of the poster boys. It's not enough of the Caps and the, the Tony Starks. And we just haven't had that person to reach up and grab that title role that, they're, that they've been missing. And I wanted to talk today about Secret Wars and what that's going to mean for Marvel because it's such a big movie. And we know that it's going to be two parts, Secret Wars. And I think that with Deadpool coming out, and with Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman starring in this sort of, it's going to be Deadpool's introduction to the MCU, which is interesting in itself. But also, we're getting Hugh Jackman back. And I thought at first this was going to be a big thing, a big sort of like first time seeing Hugh Jackman in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But what ends up coming out today or yesterday, I should say, is plot details about Deadpool 3. And interestingly enough, it's going to be tied directly to Secret Wars. It is the main setup movie for Secret Wars. They're taking all of these characters from the Fox Cinematic Universe, or 
Tobey Maguire's universe, let's say, and they're going to put them on Battleworld. And Battleworld is where they're going to face off against the variants of Kang. Does that include Marissa Tomei, Aunt May going on Battleworld too? Aunt May will be on Battleworld, confirmed. (laughs) No, but in all honesty, I think that this is the first real project that Marvel has announced in recent memory that has actually been somewhat exciting. And with Deadpool coming out, what are we going to see in that movie? Like they've, there's, there's like set photos of Deadpool and Wolverine fighting in front of the 20th century Fox logo, like half smashed into the sand on this beach. Like, what is that? What are they doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's a good question. I saw that picture of uh, Jackman and Reynolds walking together with Jackman in the infamous yellow suit. Yeah. That we've not ever seen him done before until now, which is kind of cool. But I think it kind of comes down to like, what's the rating going to be? It's going to be rated R, right? Yes, it's the first R-rated Marvel. So movie. it's going to be pretty gritty, which is good. That's what we want with Deadpool. That's what we've seen the last two Deadpool movies, right? Yeah. It's what makes Deadpool Deadpool. But I mean, as far as what I want to see, I mean, kind of already seeing it. Just Hugh Jackman back as Wolverine. Like that in itself is what we wanted all along. And yeah. now to see those two guys potentially have this really awesome chemistry you see it off screen as friends like in their interviews and stuff but to see it on screen could be a whole new ball game i agree i agree it's it's there's definitely chemistry there between the two actors and i think that when we start diving into what happens here wolverine being you know he is going to stumble upon deadpool who is essentially imprisoned by the tsa or I keep calling it the TSA, but I can't remember what it's called exactly. It's Owen Wilson's team uh, that sort of manage the multiverse, if you will. And it's a lot of Loki that uh, like the Loki seasons on Disney Plus, which you and I, neither neither of us have dabbled in. Um, now that that is what the timeline is going to reference. It's going to they're go- the the company that is tracking these heroes through time they're literally going to compile all those heroes on one world. And that's where we're going to see who knows what we're going to see in this secret wars. Like it is, it can be the biggest possible scale you can imagine. And with Sam Raimi rumored to direct, it could also be a huge nightmare for Marvel. Like it's, it's a big thing. I think that the world responds to big things in funny ways and what the heck are we going to get out of this movie, you know? Well, I mean, it's really like genius marketing too because when you say that you're going to bring back said character, you know, whether it's Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, Eric Bana from the first Hulk, yeah. you know? <laughs> you're going to bring up Eric Bana <laughs> at some point. <laughs> <laughs> or get really crazy, Lou Ferrigno. Like yeah. those kind of things resonate with comic book people. And all you have to do is just get one actor and you're going to sell money most likely. So the Secret Wars thing I get, but you talked about getting like a soft reboot in play. I think that would probably be the best case scenario for Marvel because things aren't working right now. So they got to try something new. I think that is what they're trying to do, right? Is it's the ultimate, the ultimate goal is to have that soft reboot. And if you can do it while still having your mainstream heroes be on the big screen, you know, like distracting the audience, if you will, all of a sudden we're rebooted in a soft way. And I say soft reboot because certain characters from before 
will still continue on in the continuity of the of the timeline. It's just such a difficult concept to continue this timeline and to continue the you know what is what is mainstream marvel what is like what was the start of marvel right like that that first iron man movie to now it's like it's hard to to stay on track with that timeline so like if you introduce the mar- the multiverses which they have the concept of it all and now it's they're taking it to that next level you could it doesn't matter who you bring back could have them all i'd be curious like where they go from there even after secret wars i know it'd be like a soft reboot but like who do you bring back then who who do you start like a fresh new like avengers timeline with if that's the case where do you even go from there like like the, i feel like the tank runs dry with ideas these days it does and it's tired right it's a it's a very tired concept to have multiple big name heroes in the same movie and uh, I say tired because it's been used so much before. And when I think of like Marvel, I think of their their ensembles, like all of their heroes together. Like that's their bread and butter. The Avengers movies are their bread and butter. But like, I don't really look forward to the next Avengers movie at this point. I need my heroes back. I need my Captain Americas and my Iron Mans. And like, you need those guys in the Avengers stories in the, and that's exactly what the comics do. They bring back those characters and like versions of the characters die throughout the series of comics and stuff. But like, ultimately there's they're they live on forever, right? They're heroes. And one thing that I found really interesting is I heard an interview with James Gunn recently where he was asked about the comparison of Marvel and DC what does he like better about Marvel or what does he like better about DC? What did he enjoy um, while directing a Marvel movie versus what he's planning to do with the DC universe? And he said something really interesting. He said with the DC universe, he's very excited to world build. Like you get to build the world that is Gotham, Gotham city. You get to build the world that is metropolis. You know what I mean? Like he's actually planning on building these cities like himself. Yeah, all by himself. He's one just man. A, one man making cities. <laughs> Figuratively, that is what it is. You know what I mean? Like he's he's going to they're going to really button down on what these places are. And that's what I look forward to is I want to see Metropolis in all of its glory. I want to see Gotham. But like let's actually have a Gotham City tour. Like bring the people through Gotham City. Let them live in Gotham City. You know what I mean? And we've seen that in Batman movies, of course. But there's a real opportunity here with the Bat family and introducing a sort of wider scale of who Batman has as a part of his family, which is weird because you always think of Batman being solo. But it's it's just interesting. And James has really buttoned down. I say buttoned down again <laughs> because... Uh, he really wants to drive home the fact that Superman legacy is the first movie of the DC universe. Blue Beetle has just recently released and we haven't seen that. But what I, what I am here to ask you, (laughs) I suppose is what is it about Superman legacy that you need in order to be like, okay, this is a new universe. I'm ready to watch this. You know, like, what is, what is it for you? Because I know we're so tied to the Snyderverse and we were so 
on board with what they were doing there. And then our hearts were just ripped out of us when the studio just completely destroyed what was DC Universe. But now we have this reboot or this soft reboot because certain characters from the DCEU will continue on. I don't know. How are you feeling about like DC kicking off this new universe under the realm of James Gunn? And what does that Superman movie look like for you? Well, Brim, I've kind of like we're, we're not old by any means, but we've been around the block a few times already in this juncture in our life to know or at least anticipate things that could and couldn't happen. So I'm being a little careful with my optimism these days, especially when it comes to movies, because remember how excited we were for the Snyderverse? Yeah. So everything's all fine and dandy with the DCU. Like, as far as I'm concerned, the first test has been passed in terms of casting the right Superman. Yeah. With uh, David Sweat there, which was great. Yes. But you still got to sell me on the movies itself. You know, if you got a studio... James Gunn and the DC people there. Warner Warner Bros. Are they still a part of that? Who's it again? Yeah. Yeah, it's Warner Brothers. Yeah, it's Warner Brothers. Yeah. If you're going to literally try the same thing with the same people, still kind of at the head honcho's gate there, at the very, very top, because those are the guys that make the, the true decisions at the end. It's not necessarily the, the director. If it's coming out of the same horse's mouth, there's a lot to prove still. So... Yeah. It's, it's a I think you actually said it once it's a cautious optimism with this yeah it's all very nice yeah it's all very nice sounding but it's wait and see because I was just equally as excited about the Snyder thing and look how that turned out yeah it is very wait and see for me as well mm -hmm. I need to see what the tone's gonna look like for Superman Legacy like what's the suit gonna look like right tone's kind of scaring me if it's really like colorful and bright good good but i mean i really hope there's like some seriousness too because that's yeah. what to me kind of differentiated mcu marvel from dcu like dc comics and universe yeah you know and that's that was the main point that gun was driving home on the podcast that i watched is he's saying that marvel you're tied to real life you're tied to new york city and you're tied to like real places, right? Whereas DC is more fantastical. It's more, um, it's, it is, it's fantasy, right? It's, and that's what he's excited for is like the fantasy that is these cities that you're going to be building and growing. And um, then you get into the sort of gods and monsters side of things where you, you dive into the doomsdays and the, the, like, do they, do they touch doomsday? Do they touch dark side? You know what I mean? Like, do they touch, um, that sort of storyline again. I don't know. I don't know that they go down that route again. I'm certainly interested to see what they decide to do with Superman's villain because that's something we haven't heard. We've heard of like a couple of different DC characters that are going to be cast in, in this. Like we have a lantern already, Guy Gardner. That's Nathan Fillion from Edmonton. He's been cast as Guy Gardner in that. He's got such a good relationship with James Gunn. And... Yeah, it's nice to see like Hawk Girl and like some of these DC characters that you hear about. It's not just going to be Superman in this, you know? But then what does the villain look like? I don't know. And that's a big thing for me. I need a good Superman villain. And are you going to have Lex Luthor? Is that somewhere you go down, you know? There's so many things about Superman Legacy that interest me. And like you said, David Cornsweat is, he's the choice. I mean, if anyone, <laughs> like... 
that's it's pretty good it's like he he just brings that look and that's important to me yeah i couldn't agree more what about the brave and the bold i haven't really heard much about that at all yeah and i mean i think brave and the bold is on the back burner in the sense that they really need to get this superman movie off the ground and then from there it's who do we cast as batman who do we have in this story and i just think that like brave and the bold is something that we're going to get in the future it's not something that they're going to work on right now but i think that brave and the bold is something that we need to really focus on in that superman and batman need to have a really good relationship really good relationship yeah and they built up to that pretty good with snyderverse but yeah yeah kind I, of. well it was a serious tone yeah though you know like batman hates this guy who he's never talked to and then <laughs> you know the way that they come together in bvs is it's interesting and they have sort of not much to say to each other and you can tell that like uh ben affleck's batman is just really not into it in justice league though their connection is re returned but there's not a whole lot said between them Mm-hmm. I want Batman and Superman to converse. I want them to have this connection. I want Batman to visit Metropolis. I want Superman to visit Gotham. And you know how in the comics they always have those moments where Superman's on a rooftop with Batman and you know he's let's say they're just having banter about what they've been through that night. Or you know what I mean? Like there's that there's so much of that in the comics that we haven't seen yet. And that's a really good opportunity, a unique opportunity for James Gunn to have that. Yeah, it's one thing that some people overlook when you're like comic lovers. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe not so much comic lovers, more so just like superhero lovers. Yeah. Like with a movie, like a superhero movie, people kind of knock them because they're just like CGI, action-based, you know what I mean? Less acting, it seems like. Yeah. But I kind of disagree. You know, when you look at Captain America... Chris Evans, Robert Downey Jr., Iron Man. Yeah. How those guys played their characters. Yeah. And then the, the writing of those characters, the dialogue, their personalities, everything like shined brightly. Like probably the brightest moments of, of that whole 10 year of MCU uh, content. So obviously there's like a lot at stake there than just like the action sequences. You know what I mean? So like people kind of overlooked that and that's equally as important. And if you miss the mark on that, yeah. you're going to have a pretty lackluster sort of movie. Storytelling is king, is what he says all the time. James Gunn, he qu- he's been quoted many times saying that. Mm-hmm. I hope they can find a way to tell really good stories about these heroes, while also giving a really good aesthetic to a DC universe that, quite frankly, the fans have never gotten. We haven't gotten a DC universe. We've gotten bits and pieces of what one man's vision were and then it ripped away from us completely and then just a mess of different people's ideas is what it's felt like for a DC fan. Hmm. And apart from things like the Nolan verse, you can't really get excited about anything DC these days. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's, it's time. It's time for DC fans to be excited about something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I really do. On the flip side of that, with like that Joker movie. Yeah. With Folie à deux. Folie à deux. <laughs> Is that how you pronounce it? A deux? Folie à deux. Folie à deux. Yeah, that's right. 
What does that mean again? Army of two? I think it means... Um, chaos something? Like chaos of two. Chaos of two. Foley is like, yeah, chaos or so. So I, like, I heard from the grapevine there that it's going to have a lot of music. Yes, it's supposed to be a full-blown musical, <laughs> which is like, I don't know. I like musicals, man, but that's bold for like a motion picture like yep. Joker. And for a sequel. They're titling it a sequel, which is interesting. Like, I just don't know how it really will work, I guess. I have complete faith in, like, Todd Phillips because he did... I mean, the first one is so interesting. It is interesting, but for for all, for different reasons, though. Yeah. And when you, when you make a, like a musical out of it, it's almost like you're getting, like, almost too drunk with the power and success that you got. Like, ah, let's just give this a try. We, we weren't expecting the first one to success and to succeed anyways but it did so i'll just try something new again see what happens there yeah it could be a bit of a gamble there it is a gamble no doubt um i have seen like the pictures of gaga lady gaga as uh, as harley quinn there and uh it looks very interesting to me and i'm a musical guy as you know i love musicals um i've just seen in the sh- in the shower there Brem. Like, yeah you've, like, when <laughs> i come over and I'm like Brem, where are you and calling from the, t- the shower you're singing so <laughs> yeah. that's a true story it's essentially <laughs> essentially exactly what i yeah anyways <laughs> um gaga for me is the best choice for this but i ask myself or i tell myself that she is musically capable but is joaquin phoenix like is he gonna be singing is he just a part of this is the musical is the musical occurring around him is maybe more so what fits for my mindset going into it is like okay joker's now established he's in his world he meets harley and there's sort of like this musical element to her so now maybe joker sees the world as a musical or you know you know what i mean like he he kind of the way he's seeing the world around him is as a joyous singing things madness happening you know what i mean like that i could see that vision working um but i just i really don't know it's, it's just when you hear those two things, you hear Joker sequel feature, or, uh, starring Joaquin Phoenix, you don't think musical. But it is. And it's coming out in 2024, not far away. And it's interesting. <laughs> and, uh, you know, with, with the comment, you know, you took this down the road of, of Joker, and I think of that as like a DC sort of black label project. Um, where it won't be in the main continuity of DCU. And there's another separate universe that I wanted to talk about today, and that's Batman, the Batman, Matt Reeves' version, and the sequel. And there's been a few rumors that I wanted to discuss with you, and I brought them up before the episode, but I just want to hear your thoughts because I'm going to give you mine. (laughs) It's essentially how I'm feeling. So... It's been announced that Clayface is going to be the main villain of the second one. And it's also been announced that Robin is going to be in the sequel. So I guess I, how do you feel about that when you just hear that from, from my mouth here on on the podcast? Like, what are your initial thoughts hearing that? Well, kind of what we talked talked about off air there before we started here, like the pharmaceutical aspect of DC when you, when you introduce Clayface into a grounded Pattinson world, yeah, 
kind of opens the floodgates a little bit for other things like say hmm maybe there's a superman out there too yeah because clayface is like supernatural like he's not like your typical mortal man he's got this like, ability to shape change essentially yeah that's that's magic that's fantasy yes <laughs> and yeah. battinson's supposed to be grounded so i think you're kind of opening a, a door a little bit there for yeah. other possibilities in this universe which is really cool and then obviously what we talked about with with uh old uh chris o'donnell there the 31 year old 14 year old yeah <laughs> i think they'll do a little better this time around yes i <laughs> not I quite agree. batman forever but <laughs> yeah you don't need you don't need chris uh chris o'donnell at at age 40 being a young robin <laughs> that's the ongoing joke we make about chris o'donnell <laughs> he was pretty young back then too but it's just funny because I, I think he was trying to portray what like a 17 16 year old like yeah. he was 29 like early teens <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and he was he was quite old <laughs> for that age um but this this Robin is supposed to be he's rumored to be about fourteen years old, and I just wonder if Robin fits into Matt Reeves' universe. And I don't think that this version of Batman could get any more grounded than it is already. So from there, maybe we work him off the ground a little bit. I hope Matt Reeves goes down that direction. He calls the Batman a saga, so this is only number two of. God knows how many movies he's planning on making for this saga with Pat. More than three, you think? Five. Five minimum is what I'm thinking. It'll be more than three. And especially if two succeeds. Um, and two could open up the doors to more villains because he, he has multiple villains in the first one. You know what I mean? Like we even see a Joker in the first one. So who wins in a fight, Brim? Battinson yeah. or Bale Batman? Hmm. I you know I always side against Bale's Batman because of his fighting. His fighting is it's very choppy, right? Like that's not something they focused on in those movies, and that's why I always I always side against Bale for any fight <laughs> because he was a very not great fighter. Very realistic though. It is a realistic fight, but have you seen Pattinson's realism? His fighting is realistic. I agree, but it's very martial arts it's very he's very in tune with every movement every single punch every single elbow he throws is it has a purpose <laughs> and that's what makes me fear for bale's life in that fight <laughs> that, you, that you just mentioned there what about batfleck if you get him in there oh. against both of them <laughs> <laughs> yeah batfleck can maybe not take both of them really he, he could take them he could take he could take both of them. <laughs> it's just there's there's no ultimate beast mode Batman other than Ben Affleck's Batman. And, you know, say what you will. That guy could just beat the wheels off of any any other Batman. He was broody. He had the tech, had the knowledge, underutilized. You know what I mean? And then was just used as a, as a leader in Justice League. That's all he was used for, really, is a leader. He doesn't have many fight scenes. God, is that ever just the biggest tragedy that we don't have a solo Ben Affleck Batman movie? I swear to goodness, man, I teared up a bit yeah. in Flash when I was listening to his monologue, which is literally the last thing he ever did for DCEU there. Yeah. His little monologue about life and, you know, the mistakes he's made. and Yeah. Oh, like, such good acting, such good writing. It is. It is. It was. It, it's really well done. I want to see more of that still. Like I know. Not, not not necessarily with Batfleck because he's done, but 
this yeah. new DCU, if you're talking about things you want to see, that for sure. Like good writing. Yeah, some like, emotional character depth. Emotional character depth. That is something that really does hit home. Like, And you talked about that speech, you know, when he's talking about the scars, you know, like bury these scars we have. They, you know, like it's it's that is what Affleck brought to that character. And like, that's exactly what they brought him on for to be this older, grittier Batman. And then I th- it's so ironic to me. It's almost like laughable at how perfect he is for what James Gunn talks about for brave and the bold. Yeah. Like, literally you, you want an older Batman who's going to be a few years older than this younger Superman. And I mean, yeah, like that's the only way he doesn't fit in. And that's how it always has been with Affleck is always, He's, he's too old for Batman, but now he's like perfect age for Batman, in my opinion, you know, like an older Batman. He's like literally in the prime of his career in many ways. I'll tell you what, if they do a Batman Beyond one day, and I think they will eventually. Yeah. I'd bring him back as like the older Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Something like that, you know, like I just, I feel like he's, he's not done with the character. He can't be done with the character. And I mean, he is, he said he is. And that's like, all we have to go off of is his word. (laughs) But at the same time, like I never close a door on anything these days. Never, ever. Like there's so much content that comes out of nowhere. These surprise announcements, things that come out of nowhere are just, you know, like look at, look at Hayden Christensen. You know, like I think of that guy and I think of how done I thought he was as Anakin Skywalker and Darth Vader in uh, episode three, Revenge of the Sith, back in 2005. And then the direction that Star Wars went off in, you know, with all the all the sequels and, you know, this whole other timeline with Rey or this whole other storyline with Rey and they brought back Luke Skywalker and... Aren't they talking about like utilizing Christensen for other projects uh, like beyond yeah. Ahsoka even? I think so. I think you could even see, you know, well, maybe not. I wouldn't go as far as like an Anakin show, but like, yeah. I would still love that. Yeah. I mean, the, so we talked about the, the fourth episode of Ahsoka that just dropped and we don't watch that show, but we saw obviously the Hayden Christensen content. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, he's de-aged in that episode, but he's like in the revenge of the Sith Anakin, uh, outfit and he looks to be about that age, etc. I would watch the shit out of anything like that, but that's a prime example of a guy who I thought was down and out gone, never coming back to the franchise that they just bring back. You know, George Clooney was in the flash as Bruce Wayne. You think he ever thought ever that he would return to that role in any fashion. Isn't he regarded as like the worst Batman ever? That's right. And he was. <laughs> like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. And it wasn't his fault. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's just a guy who was called upon to do... Like he was shooting his show ER, uh, which was a doctor show, very popular doctor show that was on, um, across the way. <laughs> and he would come and sh- shoot... ER all day and then he would skip over to the Batman Robin set and shoot all night kind of thing you know and it's he did a he did a good thing it's an honorable thing you know he was given this giant role that is Batman in a sequel that many actors have already played and he just played himself and you know it was cool seeing him back in the flash at the end that's 
that's an interesting thing to bring up, to be honest, is like seeing him in the flash at the end. That scene was made to do two things. It was made to show you that Ezra Miller is in a timeline that is nowhere near what anything is going to be going forward because like we're never going to see Clooney back in the bat suit. There's no way. Like that's like that that was there for one purpose and one purpose only and it was to tell you that the Flash and Aquaman are in a timeline that is completely separate because we see Jason Momoa in that other scene as well. So Jason Momoa is also in the Clooney universe now? Yes. <laughs> the Clooneyverse we'll call it. <laughs> it's Clooneyverse. That's a great place to banish the heroes that you're not going to use anymore it's like the recycle bin of the dc universe in many ways so then the real question is like where did batfleck go then because obviously Mm. he wasn't killed off like many people were suspecting would happen yeah he just kind of like up and vanished with everything else so where does that go there's a scene that he filmed that was taken out and he's in the bat suit i don't know if i've shown you that picture or not yet but there's a picture of him um, filming that scene and he's basically stuck in a timeline where he says Barry you gotta find us you gotta come and help us or something right and that was the scene that was taken out of the flash and replaced with George Clooney hmm. um, and he also shot uh, a post credit scene for Aquaman 2 which we talked about is like two months away and they haven't released a single trailer for it yet <laughs> so like I could tell you that the studio does not believe in that project whatsoever which is strange because aquaman was i think one of the biggest if not the biggest uh dceu movie because it, it cracked a billion dollars at the box, uh, box office yeah. box office sorry yeah exactly it grossed a billion dollars and that's a success right james wan who does the horror movies he he directed the first one you and i saw the first one i liked it and it was great it is great it's a great movie and he directed the second one but now there's been all of these reshoots so like we could see quite the Frankenstein Aquaman movie coming out here in the next couple of years. Wasn't even Henry months. Cavill supposed to be in that movie? I think so at one point. At one they had point? Shot, they had shot cameos for the Trinity. or f- Yeah, for the Trinity. Uh, for Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman. They had shot cameos for The Flash for sure, Rumors of Blue Beetle, and also Aquaman 2. So there was plan. Like, they weren't sure what they were going to do. They just really weren't. James Gunn has said two things only. He has said that Blue Beetle is a character of the DC Universe, and he has said that Superman Legacy is the first official DC Universe movie. Now, that to me is like, okay, we'll use Blue Beetle potentially down the line, like you could see him again, but that movie is not connected to anything we're rebooting. It's such a hard position. It's interesting, you know? I was happy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't have any interest in those kind of movies. Like, let's stick to the plan now, you know? Oh, yeah. I, I don't even... Maybe we can do it like Flash. We'll, we'll go see Aquaman, will we? Won't we? Well, we? I think as more of a... I would go to, to sort of just see... I'm just intrigued by it. I'm interested in, like, a movie that's so redone. Because I liked, I liked Flash when we went and saw it. I yeah, liked it. It's, it's good. Yeah, I just rewatched it with with my wife and it was it was good. It was like and I enjoyed the second watch just as much as the first watch. Just didn't make any money. It's a terrible yeah. terrible movie at the box office. And you know, all the PR bullshit behind the scenes like we talked about Endgame being uh 2018 was the last time, you know, Marvel was 
you know, heating things up and that's, you know, a five year hiatus. That was when the flash was starting its process was 2018. So five years, it was a five year process. You know what's sad though, too, for like those involved that made the movie with flash, yeah. like, you know how, when you go on Wikipedia and you look down to the bottom of the pages there, you got the plot, you got the cast, the reception, and then you got the potential possible sequel tab or, you know, and yeah. then you open that up and then, then it shows all the quotes from some of the actual directors and people attached to the project that actually were asked the questions in the interviews. Hey, is there going to be a sequel? Yeah. There was talks about, you know, Flash, if it does well, we might just continue on this ourselves with Ezra Miller at the helm. Yeah. Not, not even a, not even a fraction of a chance. Does that ever happen now? <laughs> no, it's, and that was solely a PR move. That is what that is. You, 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 you sprinkle that out there in case the Flash for some reason, people just love it. And, you know, can you believe the amount of things that came out about The Flash? Do you remember all of these uh, reviews and stuff that were coming out before the movie was even set to release? It was like Tom Cruise had said something about it. And like, it was like famous actors were watching it and loving it and saying it was the best uh, comic book movie that they had seen since The Dark Knight and stuff. Like it was just uh, they had to be compensated for that there's no way that wasn't premeditated like hey tom come on 100 can, 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 can you pump our tires for us a little bit yeah Pub good publicity seems like something guarantee that happened <laughs> oh yeah it's there's it's, no way tom cruise would say that that was the greatest superhero movie <laughs> there's just no, no way no and like hit his, his standard of movies like i mean the second top gun is such a good movie <laughs> and you know he's he's the guy who always ends up being the the guy who ends up being sort of against bad movies too like he has a standard he lives by mm -hmm. so like for him to say that uh it's it's fishy it's a little off <laughs> it is a little off and uh yeah i just i don't know i think the dc universe needs a fresh start regardless we've always said that but it's just an interesting topic <laughs> and this this conversation the more we the more we have it the more i i tend to get reinvigorated re re excited for for what could potentially be you know mm -hmm. and although it's going to be different faces and different timelines i still think that there are good superhero movies to be made out there and i think that we're on the verge of seeing uh, a beautiful birth of the DC universe with Superman legacy with the, the DCU Brem is, is the plan eventually to have a justice league again? Cause oh, like, I absolutely. don't really, I don't think I've ever actually heard that being mentioned very much that they're going to actually have a justice league. They talk about having the characters and whatnot, but I haven't even heard the term justice league. I don't think. No. And I mean, we're years away from that for sure. And we're only on chapter one of the DC universe and that movie hasn't even been filmed yet. So like we, th this is a 10 year plan. Like, Let's not forget that. But in that 10-year plan, we are going to see Justice League. We're going to see many different movies of team collaborations and different teams that like, maybe we don't even know of right now or that exist in the comics, um, but we haven't seen. You think they'll probably go more uh, comic book friendly with, with Aquaman this time, with like the blonde guy, instead of uh, Jason Momoa, which I liked. Like I thought it was... a it was a nice new take on him, but yeah. it was ironic. Like Patrick Wilson, like the actor that played the other guy. Yeah. His, his brother in that movie, like yeah. in Aquaman. Yeah. You know, the guy from the insidious franchise and stuff. Yeah. Patrick um, Wilson. Yeah. He, he looked 
exactly like Aquaman. <laughs> yeah, Ocean Master. So like, I mean, it'd be cool <laughs> if they cast like comic book specific looking characters and stuff that we're used to seeing. It'd be kind of cool. Yeah, it's it's exciting that there's going to be a Lantern show too. Mm-hmm. And like, I just think the heroes can be done in such a unique way. I just, I'm curious. I'm so curious what they look like. Like, what does that Justice League look like? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, what do these suits look like? What does Superman's suit look like? It's all just really interesting. You can have the Speedo? Yeah, like, <laughs> he, Gunn put out a, a poll on Twitter asking what fans like better, the shorts or no shorts. And funny enough, the shorts won. Like, people want the shorts on them. I don't know which way he's going to go, but it will be subtle. Yeah. And it'll be cool. Like, he makes a good suit. I watched... Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and Adam Warlock that new character uh, he was kind of lame it was Willem, William Poulter whatever, Will Poulter whatever his name is he's oh, in yeah. We're the Millers or whatever mm-hmm. the suit itself is really cool though and all the suits in that movie are quite cool like I really like the superhero suits so I hope that they find a way to get a good Superman suit out there yeah I th- I have faith in James Gunn. Like, he's always put out a good product. I like the Guardians movies. I thought they were really good. I haven't seen the third one. I like the first and second. Third one I heard was really good. I've seen clips of it. It's good. Yeah. Third one is good. So, I mean, like, you see that carry over even to that capacity, you know, over to the DCU with with James Gunn at the helm. I think we'll be just fine. And did you hear that Gal Gadot said that she's had talks with James Gunn about a Wonder Woman 3 as well. How's that going to work? And that's, that was my question as soon as I heard that. was, And this is where I say this needs to be a hard reboot. It can't be a soft reboot. Like You can't have Jason Momoa's Aquaman with this new Superman and Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman with this new Superman. Like It's, just, it's not going to work for me. I think James Gunn knows that too. Yeah. It's about just kind of entertaining maybe some people that kind of still want to try to be attached to it in some way and humoring that. Yeah. and But maybe seeing if there's like a branch to that, kind of like how you did with Blue Beetle and those things where they're not attached to it, but maybe there's like another way to tie them in within a different universe or something. Maybe that could happen. Yeah. But no, I agree. You've got, you've got to go a hard, full reboot, full committal. You've already took out our heart. You got to take out our lungs and brain too. Like it's. That's right. You know, like it's, you don't just stop. Yeah. And you have to reintroduce them all. I think you reintroduce them all, the whole Trinity. And then from the ground up, you just build a Justice League movie. And there you have it. You know what I mean? And I think that's the right guy for the job. I think I really do. I like the way he talks about it all. I like, I like the way he carries himself. And, uh, and yeah. Well, Zane, thank you very much for being on the show today. It was nice to talk to you again on this, on this little hero excursion that we've, we've, uh, we've collaborated on today. Um, and thank you for putting up with my little dogs, my little shits. Oh, no problem. I tell her not to bite all the time, but she bites anyways. Yeah, that's usually <laughs> how it goes, eh? Yeah. It's been a pleasure, Brim. Thank you. Well, I've been comic book movie guy. This has been a really... Really nice chat. And uh, yeah, I'll talk to you guys on the next one. Video